Welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted Podcast. Guys, we got a, a great show today. We got the crew. Uh, we also have Jake Brutal Bostwick, who's undefeated in bare knuckle boxing, who's a stud, uh, who's a great fighter, also a great MMA fighter, who just sparred with Jake Paul and uh, has a lot to say about it. So he's going to be on the show. It's going to be a great show. Um, it's, been a, it's been a crazy week. Uh, Greg, by the way, I did a show, Greg. I got booked in Arizona. And mm-hmm. this guy told me, he's like, yeah, man, I'm running all these rooms. Because uh, I heard what you said on Greg's podcast, the Booker, uh, listened to the podcast and was like, and I and like took my advice. So I guess now he'll be homeless. But either way, he'll be a much better. <laughs> so, well, you uh, know, and that's that's why I'm doing it because it really is about the craft of stand-up. You said some really amazing things in there that I think young comedians. You know, that's the thing. Nobody goes into comedy because they want to work hard. You know, I mean, it's true. I mean, honestly, we go into comedy because we're lazy pieces of shit and we want to lay around all day and perform for one hour at night and then get drunk and have fun. And, you know, but but when you get into it as a business and making a career of it, you realize it's like any business and any career. There's a ton yeah. of work and you put in more of that and your understanding of that coming from your perspective is so key. And I, I just I, I, I couldn't be. That's why I'm so excited to be doing this inside the Comedy Institute podcast and specifically to have you as my first guest because this is the stuff these guys need to hear. It's amazing to see that it's already having an impact. Oh, no. Yeah, I was was actually like, wow. It's funny, though, because my wife was like, you know, she works nine to five job and she's like, she sometimes she gets mad that I like love my job. Not that she doesn't love her job, but but like, you know, everything that I get paid for, I would do for free. And I've done for free for many, many years. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, but I'm like, well, you weren't there all the times that I got spit on, uh, thrown out, banned, kicked out. People had to escort me to the car because people wanted to fight me. Menus thrown in my head. I, I mean, most people would have just fucking quit at that point. Absolutely. You know? I remember the night at the the Bruco, yeah. um, Westwood Brewing Company, where uh, I think it was me and Ben Morrison went out to the street to smoke a joint. And we come back and a brawl had broken out in yeah. the room. Oh, we were like, we're like, what the fuck happened? We went out for fucking five minutes. We got back to place of melee. What the fuck is happening here? I think, that you know? the, I think that was the Godfrey night. The Godfrey night. That was the Godfrey so, night. I'll tell the story real quick. So Godfrey, a uh, really funny comic. He actually has a new Netflix special, Tiffany, yeah. had, uh, called They Ready uh, 2, part two. It just came out last night. And, you know, me and Godfrey have been friends forever. For, we were actually on the same True Life I'm a Comic episode. Uh, yeah. on MTV, where he was in a limo, he was in a limo and a, and a hot tub at the Montreal Comedy Festival, and I was getting spit on in Times Square, giving out flyers. Like I was like the new guy, and he was the, the level that I wanted to get to, right? Absolutely. So, so we were doing a 
10 years later, we're at doing the Bruco and his dad or his mom just died. Just, and he was in a really bad place. And he also, it was a free show. And a lot of the college kids would heckle. Anytime you have a free show, people think that it's like- Exactly, they're like, oh, this is crap. We can treat it however, because it's free. That's true. People, sometimes like, if you're listening, people always think that because something costs money, it has value. And I would argue that most of the things that have value don't cost money. Uh, but so when you don't pay for a comedy show and you just go, you're like, oh, this has no value. When actually you could be seeing Dave Chappelle, which you have, which yeah. I have, or, or this yeah. one, or Godfrey, or, or whoever. So don't, anyway, sometimes money could actually take away something's value. Uh, so anyway, but what I'm trying to say is that, so Godfrey came down, he was in a bad place. And he goes on stage and he just took like a jujitsu class, like his first class ever. And he's, and there's a bunch of kids in the crowd and he was hostile towards the crowd. He's like, who the fuck would bang you to these kids? And then the kid goes, your mother, right? And then Godfrey puts the microphone in the mic stand, walks into the crowd and starts choking out a kid. Like just fucking tackles them and puts them like in like a, almost like an arm triangle. But that's not what you do in jujitsu in, in a street fight because now people are around him. Luckily, he picked the right five kids who had no idea what was going on. They just saw a huge black dude choke out their friends. They were like trying, and I, my first thing is just start hitting kids because I'm on team Godfrey. At the same time, Godfrey's in the wrong and this is my show, you know? So I had to like take kids and hurl them off Godfrey as well as hurl Godfrey off a kid who's choking. And then like, Fucking cops came, like, blah, blah, blah. Luckily, we told the cops that they attacked Godfrey because he's, he's black. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which, which, by the way, my favorite part of this story is when I come back and you tell me what happened, the main point you wanted me to understand was that Godfrey used the wrong fighting technique <laughs> for the environment. This is, this is completely true. You were like, and he went right for the jujitsu, but he was against five guys. You can't use jujitsu against five guys. That, you know, he's like, that's a one. So he tried take him down, but then all his boys were attacking him. So I had to fight those guys. You just, uh, that's not how you use jujitsu. Like, like, that was what drove you crazy, was that he chose to use jujitsu versus well, five that, guys. right? So the cops come, they break it up. I, it's, it's chaos. And then I go, uh, who wants to go on next? <laughs> <laughs> and we, we, we kept the show going. That's right, that's the right. The show actually right. kept going. Everyone's right. like, uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, meanwhile, so last week I, I did two shows and it like, it feels so great to do comedy outside. It, it's the best. And uh, by the way, Jake and Tasha came. And I'm still jealous that Tasha flashed you her tits, by the way. Uh, there's these two uh, friends that like, every time I see Tasha, I think of her flashing you. Uh, but being, being a married guy, I can't be like, hey, you know you flash Greg. Uh, not that I... <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so I, I did two shows. But then so this guy, Jason Love. I like Jason Love. You know him? He's a booker. He always books these like clean corporate non-offensive gig that I always say yes because I'm not thinking when I say yes. Uh, so he says to me, hey, uh, you wanna do the show uh, on Zoom? It's for a cancer benefit, doesn't pay, but you'll get into heaven or something. And I'm like, all right, sure, why? Six o'clock, when? Wednesday, no problem. I'm not even, I'm like, I'm doing, I'm trying to watch the baby. I got like, my wife's yelling at me. I'm like doing, Nanny still has COVID. I got like 500 things going on, right? My dad, I picked him up from the hospital. He had a, he had a blood transfusion. Um, he's, he's like, okay. I go, dad, you had so much marijuana in your blood. They had to dip the blood in edibles in order to match their blood. So, <laughs> so my dad, I, had to, I literally had to pick my dad up from the hospital at eight in the morning. And somebody says, uh, uh, the nurses were like, he's drunk. Cause they put him under and he's like, he's like holding court. He's like, Hey, what's up you kid? How's it going? I'm like, dad, let's just get in the car. It's eight. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad's feeling the best he's felt since 88. 
seriously, right? Uh, so, so then, um, so then what happens is like, uh, what, what was I say? Oh, so I do this benefit. So I get on the Zoom show and everyone has cancer. It's old people with cancer, which, which is like fine, but I, do, I wasn't expecting this, you know, like right. when I saw it was like a benefit and I, and I didn't prepare. And I, so I just like started doing my act. And then some girl in the chat, somebody goes, this is offensive towards women. I can't believe the cancer society now being heckled in the Zoom chat. Like I, I walked a lady from the Zoom chat in a cancer show, right? And luckily everybody else was like, best show ever. And they're like, ah, you know, th thumbs up and thank you. Like this is the most fun they've had. I had to, I apologize. He's like, dude, it was just one person. There's always one person that complains. But I think I had a better shot of getting into heaven before the show. Like, I think that actually- <laughs> It actually took you down a notch. Yeah. So that was that. Was that. And, then I, and then I did it like a marijuana dispensary benefit show or I don't like getting high before I go on stage. I know, I know you can do that. I just can't, I, I just can't, especially with the, the, the California weed, you know. I, you know what it is, and it's gotta be the right, first of all, it really can't be the heavy weed, even for me. Like, it's gotta be the right balance and I have to time it correctly. And there's, a, there's from, even for me, someone that likes to smoke weed usually before it goes on stage, there's, there's a science to it to make sure that I'm not too stoned. Yeah, I, I just always worry that I'm gonna do like really well. And, and, and then I'm not, I don't have to get high all the time. You know, that, that, that's my world, pretty much. <laughs> what is the best like, drug to do before you go on stage? You know, with Mitch Hedberg, it's you know, heroin, cocaine. With you, Greg, uh, Adam. See, now, now, maybe cocaine is not the best drug to do on stage. I that's what I've heard. Do it, but it actually isn't. It, it, it accelerates your your timing, and so you almost got to like calm it down on stage, which is no. Sometimes it's magical, but more often than not, it's not. Uh, for me, my personal formula is about three quarters of a Red Bull, two hours before the show, and then just a couple hits of sativa about a half hour before the show. And then I'm really kind of in my best place. Wow. I would take Adderall, but the problem is I would do it on cruise ships. And the shows were at 8, 11, and like 12.30 at night. So my, my Adderall, I'd take it like, at like 11.30 at night. And then I couldn't sleep. Wow. Like, oh, God, would, yes, yeah. Then I you would, can't take it at 11.30 at night. That's crazy. I took an Ambien. Yeah. And Oof. Ambien, I had to get off Ambien because that was the most powerful drug I ever taken in my life. I would literally wake up at night, eat everything in my fridge, right? Uh, I would start typing and I would like, the, 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 the letters would get bigger. I wouldn't know what I was typing in the morning. I'm like, what the fuck did I just write? Like, I guarantee Roseanne Barr, when she wrote those racist things, I, she, she was definitely on Ambien. Now it doesn't make you racist. She had those things in her. But had she not been on Ambien, she would not have put that, you know. Um, Ambien, you know, it's so funny. Flight attendants call it Ambien zombies because people will get up in the middle of the, you know, at night, everyone's asleep. And all of a sudden these guys are like walking around and they're saying things that make no sense. They realize they're on Ambien and they have to kind of physically turn them and take them back to their seats and put them back oh, yeah. in the chair, oh, you know. It's scary. It's funny. Did you watch The Queen's Gambit yet? Have you guys watched The Queen's Gambit? I've watched on Netflix? it. Okay, I've right. I, I love the way I just watched it finally, like this last week. And it's amazing because over Christmas, chessboard sales were like through the roof. Yeah. Because of the Queen's Gambit, everybody wanted a new chessboard. And I'm watching this, I'm like, this doesn't make me want a new chessboard. This wants me to make some of those tranquilizers. Hell yeah, got. dude. You play chess <laughs> on the ceiling, dude. Totally. Like, apparently, <laughs> that's, the, that's the secret of success is those little green pills. Those yeah. Nuts. So I was like, get me those. That's the gift I would want. Jeez. Um, so McCorkle says he's been trying to join for five minutes. Is it my internet? Or are we not there yet? Uh, is he clicking ready? an old link or the current link? 
go to current link. Uh, I mean, it's the same link that everyone got. Yeah, yeah, but he may be using the old one like he already had, but that's uh, not the one. I don't think this one from today because it stays a different time. But you guys all, you, you, it worked for you guys. It yeah, it worked for us. Yes, but we're not complete morons. No, I'm kidding. I love, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. Come on, Corkle, right. don't kill me for that. So before we get into MMA, we got to talk about, have you, do you guys see court, court's yard, uh, court uh, seat Karen from last night? Yes. <clears throat> yes, at the Lakers uh, game. Oh, my God. Uh, I have so much to say about, I will, I, I'm just, I, I want to get your opinion on this because my wife likes her and I'm like, how could you, first of all, she lied. Can, can you, can you play, uh, uh, wean dog? Can you find, is it court seat Karen? Uh, <clears throat> I actually haven't even seen it. Okay. So this woman went to a Laker game last night and I guess they're allowing fans in and got kicked out and just went off on LeBron James. I mean, off on LeBron James and, She's claiming she was defending courtside Karen. Courtside Karen. She's she's saying that she was defending her husband, right? And first of all, I don't. What kind of husband needs his wife to defend him? That that's like. And, and if your husband and, and if your wife's getting thrown out of the game because of you, you got to tell your wife, listen, this is embarrassing. Just just calm down. It's not a big deal. Blah blah blah. But now she's going to be famous. She knows that she's going to have her own reality show uh, because according to her. LeBron called her a dumb bitch. I can't see LeBron calling her a stupid bitch, but I don't know. He's a heated guy. I mean. No, he, no, not with that many cameras. Listen, if he did, then we would have video evidence. I mean, right. there's cameras, mics all over the place. And let's talk, let's remember, he is the most brand savvy, business savvy athlete in the history of professional sports. This is a guy who's kept his nose clean for 20 years. Since yeah. he was a kid, th th I mean, an unprecedented run of not fucking himself. And you think he's going to throw it all away over her? And I her, don't know. I, I don't know. Saying, I would want to see the evidence. And her saying, I would fuck you up. Like, okay. Like, this is, that. now we're just being stupid. Like, there, there's not a girl in, the, in, in, in MMA she could fuck up. Like, you're not going to fuck up any, probably athlete, uh, any athlete ever. Uh, female, male or female. I mean, she's not gonna fuck LeBron James up. I mean, people were debating whether or not she'd probably have a good shot against me, though. Let's be clear. Can we, can we play the video? Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, Sean, are you with us? What's going on? Yeah, there you can you hear me? Yeah, well, what happened? We, uh, I uh, gave you the same link as everybody else. Uh, I don't know, man. I was trying to use a hotspot to see if it would be better, but then it wouldn't go through. So I had to switch to my really shitty internet. So uh, that's all good, man. Well, it's good to see you. So did you see a uh, courtside Karen last night? Yeah. Sean? I did. I heard the story. I didn't watch it or see it, but I heard about it. Okay. So this, this reminds me of a girl you would date, Sean. All right. Press. Uh, just got kicked out of the game. Okay. Talking shit to LeBron James. Talking shit to my fucking husband. This is such fucking bullshit. Listen, let me tell you. LeBron James looked at my husband during the game and cussed him out. And I stood up and I go, don't fucking talk to my husband. Talk to my husband one more time and I will fuck you up. And he started fighting with me. He goes, shut your mouth, dumb bitch. And I go, you shut your fucking mouth, bitch. I mean, there's another one. Where like, uh, it's like a three and a half minute video. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, but there's like, there's like a more rant. Uh, yeah, a show where you get some. Uh, a Hawks fan forever. He's been watching the games for 10 years, whatever. He has this issue with LeBron. I don't have an issue le with LeBron. I don't give a fuck about LeBron. Anyway, I'm minding my own business, drinking my wine, having fun. All of a sudden, LeBron says something to my husband. And I, and I stand up and I go, I stand up and go, don't fucking talk to my husband. And he looks at me and he goes, sit the fuck down, bitch. And I go, don't fucking call me a bitch. You sit the fuck down. Get the fuck out of here. And I go, don't fucking talk to my husband like that. Don't talk to my husband. And he literally was like, fuck you, bitch. Sit down, bitch. And all of a sudden, now I'm getting all right, out. All right, all right, all Is there any chance that that happens? I mean, Greg. Listen, man. I mean, like I said, it, it, it's not to say that there wasn't some exchange. Obviously, there was some exchange. You know, I mean, that's 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 what happened. Uh, according to LeBron's side, it was between him and the husband. Yeah. You know, and and again, here's the thing. What is the likelihood that LeBron just started talking to him first? <laughs> what is the likelihood that he's playing the game and just picks this dude out and is like, fuck you, Hawks fan. It, that doesn't <laughs> happen, man. Which means that dude started with LeBron. LeBron got into a little bit with him, which is, is pro which I've said forever. I can't believe how close they let the fans to basketball games. I've yeah. always thought they've let fans entirely too close to the actual action at that. They're sitting on the same fucking row as these guys sometimes. They're right. And I'm like, what the fuck? No other sport. You know what? The fans that close to them. But Sean, you know what uh, I find most ridiculous and unbelievable about the whole story is that they're uh, like claiming a black man would call a woman a bitch. Like, yeah, right. When has that ever happened? All right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Sean. Uh, no, no. The thing is, here, I mean, look, also, this is every girl that gets their boyfriend knocked out or husband knocked out. Yeah. It's, it, this is every time you go on World Star and some dude just gets fucking shellacked. It's because a girl like this. Wanted to tick up for her husband, puts him in a situation where now he has to fight, and he just gets murdered. But uh, we do have a, a real murderer here, uh, as well as uh, as McCorkle. My man Jake Boswick is with us. Uh, he is undefeated in bare knuckle boxing. This dude's fights are amazing. I watched your fights, Jake. Man, my, you go for the knockout every single punch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, how are you, man? Yeah, I'm I'm doing fantastic, mate. Thank you very much. I uh, appreciate you having me on the show. Um, yeah, man, I'm always trying to throw them haymakers. There's nothing. There's nothing better than you know knocking somebody out. So I'm always going for that. <laughs> oh no, it, it's it's. I mean, your last fight in bare knuckle boxing, which I thought you won uh, three out of five rounds. Then they went they went into overtime. Uh, yeah. Now, now and then you won an, Now, do you like overtime? Were you surprised? Did you even know there was an overtime? I didn't even know that there was an overtime. I'd never heard of it. Um, it was exciting, though. Like, I, I didn't care. I was already in the fight, you know. So when they came over and said there's possible an extra round of you down sort of thing, I was like, yeah, of course. You know, I'm here, son. Let's go. So, um, yeah, no, nah, I, I thought, well, I felt, my corner felt that I did win the fight. Also, I think there might have been a mix-up maybe on the scorecards or something or a mistake. I don't know. But obviously, yeah, we got given the extra round. I'm happy I did. It was nice to dig deep and do something a little bit different. You there was know, one so, round uh, though yeah. where he was just like he must have thrown a hundred punches at the end of the round. It was like it was like five six on a heavy bag, and you're just like this. Yeah, he was, oh, that was crazy. 
Yeah, it was a little bit close. I think it was. I think it might have been the last round, and he was hitting me to the body. But then I think if you actually see in that exchange, I, I grabbed his head, hit him with an uppercut, and I actually rocked him. So he's hit me with all them shots, done no damage. I hit him with one shot, and you know I was like, okay, lovely. Just keep working up up the top, and he grabs me. I remember that was the end of the first, uh, end of the end of the sixth round. Now your whole but, career is crazy because yeah. you started you uh, you started off you were under, you were like two or three and zero. Oh, then you went on like an eight fight losing streak where you just right. kept losing, and then. Right. Then you went on a 10, 11 fight winning streak. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Talk to me about Crazy. that. Mate, listen, that's right. You got to think, yeah, which I sometimes don't, don't understand. But I, I started in the game when I was 16. You know, I was at school, still doing my exams. Um, yeah, I was a child, like an actual child. So the fact that, you know, I I had I say I had three, I had two KOs and a TKO, and then I had my first loss, and then it did it just spiraled. I had I fought like John Maguire twice, like John Maguire's fought in the UFC. He's a submission like yeah. specialist. I knew nothing. I legit was like street fighter slash MMA fighter, like <laughs> you know trying to figure it all out. And um, yeah, you know people take me down, ground and pound me out. You know submissions. I, I've been sub several times. So yes, um, yeah, crazy. I don't know. Then, then you went on. Then, like, then you started. Then you kept. Yes, mate, I, don't know, I don't know. And then I don't know. I, I think. I, I think after all them losses, I think I, I was with my father, and I remember saying to him, "Like, listen, I'm gonna have like one more go at this." I think I was only young again, like 19 or so, at the time, and I was like, "Listen, I think I want to. I'm gonna have one more go at this." And I think you know, if, if we get the win, you know, we'll we'll keep pressing. If not, you know, I maybe got to think of a career. Like, what am I doing? Like. I'm like the guy people bringing in to beat up and I didn't like that. And, um, you know, I can't believe I was even that person, but, you know, it's nice to look back on that and know where I'm at now. So anyway, yeah. And I, I pulled off a 32 second TKO and I was like, all right, let's go. Yeah. And then it did. It just spiraled up from that. I had some great wins. Oh, oh, I dropped yeah. a welterweight. I won a 170 belt. I had a 185 belt, both knockouts. Um, I then fought on eight, uh, uh, cage, uh, cage Warriors and like, I was just, yeah, beating big names. Like I did, uh, you know, I surprised myself to be honest. No, it was uh, awesome. And like, everyone, I, I think everyone got behind you too. Like everyone loved you. You were like, I think you were like the real life Rudy. Yeah, uh, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Something <laughs> like that. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was really cool to see. Um, I appreciate that. Then, then you go to ATT and your first training partner is Hector Lombard. And everyone yeah. says, don't train with Hector Lombard. Everyone says, this guy's going to murder you. But you yep. like training with him. Yep. Awesome. I loved, I loved it. People want to spar and we'd get to spar. We'd always throw down. Um, you know, he's, he's always 100 miles an hour. But, uh, yeah, solid work. At the end of the day, you, you're going to learn from these people. I remember I'd done a, I'd done a fight camp in, um, in um, what's it called, in, um, in Amsterdam at Mike's gym. And I was there for four months training with Melvin Manoff, you know, and I was over there helping him spar, you know, for four months straight. Wow. You know, so, um, yeah, so it's a thing I've stood in the pocket with people like that. It's, you know, it's crazy. Um, now, did it, the first time you met Hector, did he try to knock you out? Uh, yes. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say, I imagine that's only one that's answer to that question. <laughs> 100%. No, 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 he's cool. No, so um, I think um, when I first actually met him, I was quite nervous when I first met him, I'll be honest, right? And, um, and I actually really respect Hector in this aspect, right? So I'll tell you the story. It's a small story. 
So I know Hector through one of my good friends, uh, Bola uh, from the UK and everyone's friends with everyone sort of thing from my people back home. And then that's how I met Hector. So I actually flew on a plane with him from uh, the UK, um, come out to American Top Team. And I was talking to him about, you know, fights I've had and I've had these knockouts and then knockouts. And it could have come across like I was boasting maybe about myself and I wasn't. I was just telling him, you know, like, yeah, you know, I've, had, you know, I've had some good fights and stuff. And, you know, it's awesome to be with someone like yourself, being able to fight, you know, like you're a beast, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, we get to ATT. I think it was the day after. We start um, we start training. We was wrestling and, man, he was throwing me around like a ragdoll, like absolutely toying me, flipping me around, smashing me about. Like, honestly, absolutely messing me about. Anyway, um, afterwards, he goes, listen, I remember you were telling me you knocked all these people out and stuff. I didn't like how you said it. Da, da, da. Like, would you, you sound like you got a problem. And I was like, brother, no. I was just nervous being with you. And I was just like, yeah, I've, yeah, I've had knockouts as well, mate. Like, I just wanted to maybe try and be cool. I don't know. I wasn't trying to, like, I was like, bro. Yeah, of course. Like, you're a gangster, son. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be anything right now. So I was like completely missing. And he was like, oh, okay. And then we were super cool and we sort of spoke it out. Yeah, so. Yeah, sometimes yeah. things get lost in translation with him. Um, 100%. <laughs> it's like, it's like that. With anybody. But he's a cool guy, man. Like, we, we're cool now. We say, like, uh, I trained at his gym. I've trained with him and we still spar and stuff. So it's all cool. Now, do you like bare knuckle boxing better than MMA? 100%, son. Mm. Why? Bruv, it, it's so raw. Like, it doesn't get more raw. And the style of bare knuckle compared to boxing with gloves and not having gloves and being able to grab the head, it's like, it's just so awesome. I just think it's so awesome. I really do. Do you feel like it's the closest to a street fight? 100%. Right. 100%. Um. I think um, there's an event where you can headbutt and throw elbows in one country. I'm not too sure where it is, but I think that's proper raw. I think like being able to like use your head as a, you know, as a, you know, as a weapon. What would it be? As a weapon? Yeah. Would it be a weapon? Yeah. I don't know. But imagine things like that. It's just extra. But I think like fight without gloves. I just think you know. Being able to, you know, your hands have got to be able to withstand punching somebody in the head, catching an elbow. Like, it's so different not having a pad on your hand. And you've got to be so much closer, you know, like, you can you can hold. And it is just so different. It is super, honestly, it's so fun. Like, I can't, listen, hang on, like, when I first started moving around in the fight, and he jabbed me, punched me in the mouth. I was like, I was like all right, son, and he hit me again. I was like. No, this ain't too bad. Like, oh, I hit the shot, cut my mouth open. I was like, it legit felt the same. It was like a glove, just like a bit of an extra like stab, you know. But um, yeah, it's just it's just raw. It's just I just absolutely love it. I think it's so now, fun and it's so entertaining, man. It's so entertaining. Now, how do you think the best boxers would do? Like, if Mayweather came over or some of these guys to bare knuckle boxing, <sighs> it's a tricky one. Like, it's it's a it's a really it's a really difficult one because there's good boxers on, on the events that, you know, that do perform really well, but like being able to get in the pocket and be close, like for example, Artem Loboff when he fought uh, Paulie, yeah. you know, arms more street fighter, brawly, don't mind getting in the pocket, break my hands, whatever. Paulie's, you know, punching, hands are a bit fragile. 
and it's a problem, you know. They're so used to all the packing on your hands and all the wrapping, all the wrapping. Like, mate, mm-hmm. I never, like, I barely wrap my hands. Like, I'm punching, smashing things all the time. Like, my hands are solid. Like, and I, I'm confident in that. Someone like, some people like that, maybe even um, Mayweather, his hands are probably super small. Yeah. Super small, super fragile. Now, he can't, the, his style of boxing would have to be a little bit different. You can't throw a bunch of shots. Like, you can, but you can't, like, you break your hands super easy or whatnot, you know? So I think people like that to transfer over, it could be an issue, but I, I don't know. I got to ask you, one, really. I saw on your Instagram, you train with Jake Paul. Now, I yep. got a full disclosure. I'm a Ben Askren fan. He's a good friend of mine. I yep. really want Ben Askren to win. Uh, but I'm getting nervous because I saw <laughs> you post how good this guy Jake Paul is. Tell me about what that sparring was like. Um, sparring was super interesting. Um, he's actually in person. He's he was super humble, super respectful, super polite. Like nothing like what people would expect. And um, I was expecting that, and I was hoping for that. So it was quite interesting to me to do. But like the way he come across, and the way you know he was warming up, and even getting prepared, and like listen to his corner, and like like mate, like he's working, son. It's super okay. interesting. Interesting character. So you guys were, sp- how many rounds did you, you, you guys spar? We, we done three rounds, but we, we've got more sparring in the, in the works. So you had three rounds. Now, did you win all three rounds? Because could you put in the comments, he's, he did better than a lot of pros did against you. Uh, yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean that he beat me up. I'm saying right. he put me with some nice shots <laughs> and certain angles. I'm not saying that that's the, that's right, the aspect. Right. Uh, but no, nah, man, like straight up, like, we got to understand he's a big guy. The dude's over six foot. Like, he's solid. He uses his range super well. You know, he really sits his weight great on the end of his shots. So, like, I did, re- you know, I, I respected his boxing before he even started because I was like, I'm going to go in there lighthearted, you know. Um, and I went in there, obviously, Canelo, whoop, 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 moving my head around. Yeah. Um, they loved my sparring. They loved my work, you know. So, that's why I'm going back. But, um, yeah, it was just... I don't know. No, it's just pretty. I don't know. I was pressing. I pressed him all the rounds because that's what they wanted from an MMA standpoint. You know, he's fighting an MMA guy, and that's how I fight anyway. So stylistically, for him to spar me made sense. You know, trying to press forward like an MMA guy trying to throw shots. You know, but you so, said uh, Ben Askren's in trouble. Yeah, because you know, I think that he might catch him and he might hurt him. All right, can we that's now, uh, Wayne Dog? Can you post Ben Askren's? A post from Instagram yesterday. Yeah, I don't want to because every time I look at it, I want to cry. Yeah, but yeah, a lot I'll look of for it. Let me see it, son. Let me see it. All right, so <laughs> that's what makes this such a genius move on Jake Paul's part. Is he picked the one MMA guy with the worst fucking boxing? Go <laughs> uh, on. Anything you want to say about this, McCorkle? By the way, this is Sean McCorkle. Yeah, I take exception to uh, Greg saying that. Uh, Askren has the worst boxing in all of MMA because I'm pretty sure I do. But uh, other than that, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Strike, but he's really pressing for number two then. All right, here we go. Huh. All right, so here's Ben Askren yesterday sparring. Come on, little girl. There he is. Sparring, sp- take, getting ready. Uh, I'm a Yo, little. Is that a bag with Jake Paul in it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, based on this. He looks fast. He, does he look fat? His hands are low. He's punch- It looks really? awful. It looks like he's. It looks like he's taking a class at Twenty Four Hour Fitness. Uh, oh I my mean, god! <laughs> it's, it's not, this is not. Good. Look at his balance. Look at the way he's leaning. Oh my god! I mean, he's not really standing like a boxer, right? Okay, so look. 
Uh, it can't be know. like I legit though. He has to be doing this as like a joke. I mean, yeah. according to Darren Till, Ben looks like he's punching a steak, not getting ready for a fight. Uh, that's what that's what Darren Till wrote. Uh, we know. Can you get rid of this? Yeah. Uh, Jake, what are your thoughts? Oh, um, <laughs> oh, that's pretty shocking. I'm sorry. <laughs> Right, yeah, that's, I'm not, that's I'm not here to insult. But the end of the day, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would never post something like that. No, no, I mean, is Ben gonna get killed? I mean, t- talk to us, Jake. At the end of the day, uh, you know, I've only had three rounds of him. You know, for someone like me to say, like, who am I to say? You know, I'm just fucking Jake Buttrick, can I? So, at the end of the day, who knows? But at the end of the day, if if Ben, you know, keeps his hands up <laughs> and hopes that you don't get banged out. <laughs> oh, man. How do we stop this from happening? Did, 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 did you watch Masvidal spar with him? Uh, no, I haven't seen work with him. Okay, but you but you train with Masvidal, right? Um, no, I was uh, I used to be at American Top Team. I'm not there no more. I'm just with Phil Deroux and um, uh, at the Boca Pal with uh, Derek and Maureen. Okay, Derek Santos, you, my boxing coach. Now, did you used to train with uh, Colby Covington? Uh, he was also at the gym. I never really, again, like worked with him or partnered up with him too much. Super polite guy, though. Again, yeah, not the same as you'd see. Yeah, on, what happens? On All these guys are polite when they're around you, and they go crazy, like, man. And yeah, they I know. Now, he'll, now, say now, you, he'll say your he'll say your name and everything. Oh, hello, Jake. How are you? Eye contact. Super polite. Mad, bro. Uh, so we have so Don Fry finally figured out how to get on the podcast. Don, how are you? Hey. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what's going on? You give, me, you give me bad numbers, man. You give me a fake phone number. You know, bitch. All right. Everybody else in the podcast got through, except except for you. All right. Yeah. Because you don't want me on at the beginning. You know, you, you want to bring me in in the middle. You know, because otherwise I'll, I'll, I'll take over. I'll own this podcast. <laughs> All right. I so want to see talking- this dude. All right, He's number uh, one. He's number all right, one. So uh, right now we're talking to uh, to Jake Boswick, who is a bare knuckle boxer, uh, undefeated in bare knuckle boxing. Don, back in the day, you didn't have gloves. You were also the original bare knuckle boxer. Uh, they didn't have gloves back then. Um, now uh, this guy is—he's legitimately a badass. When's your next fight, Jake? Um, I'm not too sure. So we're trying to get on maybe the next event after this bare knuckle. Um, I don't know if they were trying to shoot around March time, but again, no contract signed. There's nothing set in stone. So hopefully in the next couple of months, though. Yeah, this Friday night, by the way, Bare Knuckle Boxing, Paige Van Zant is making her Bare Knuckle Boxing debut. Uh, I'm excited for that. I hope she wins. It's going to be uh, exciting. I'm super excited. I'm going to be there. Is that, is, that, is that Friday night? Yeah, that's Friday night. Friday night, uh, okay. Now, she, she says that people look better with scars. Do you, do you agree with that? Don, do you agree? Uh, men do. I don't think women do. I, I, don't. <laughs> I think I think a woman's skin is the most beautiful thing, you know. Uh, feel and touch and look at, and I don't like scars. I don't like tattoos on them. Shit. Yeah. Well, I'm with Don. What about a C-section scar, Don? How you feel about that? What's <laughs> <laughs> <But>, that? <laughs> C-section. <laughs> how you feel about C-section scars? It depends on how big it is, partner. <laughs> now, now, by the way, uh, so Don, Jake is kind of like a, a guy like you where he just gets in there and just trades punches. Uh, he just basically, like your fight with Tekeyama, a lot of his fights are just him and the other guy just winging at each other until somebody <laughs> falls down. 
so uh, yeah, much out. respect, man. I've seen you fight. You're a, you're a beast. So. So you're not too smart either, then, huh? <laughs> no, bro. <laughs> mate, I am not. I told everyone that. I just know how to throw my hands, son. That's it. Get paid. Yeah. So, so this fight, you know, I hope you know how. To, I hope you know how to move your head. I never learned that one. Yeah, it's something I actually do. So it's um, I'm definitely an up and comer, mate, for sure. Um, yeah, um, I'm definitely throwing a lot of head movement in there, for sure, for sure. So this Friday night is called Knucklemania. Is it my dodgy accent, son? Speak English. <laughs> yeah, bro, I'm speaking English from London. <laughs> you know, Don, that's where they invented this language. They didn't do a good job of it. It took the United <laughs> States of America to fix it. Bro, so <laughs> oh, you're funny. No, oh, yeah. Your words are definitely foul. Uh, we just say everything foul. <laughs> so this Friday night, Knuckle Mania, bare knuckle boxing on the Fight TV app. You can watch Paige Van Zant fighting Britton Hart. Britton Hart is four and four. She's had a loss to Rowdy Beck, uh, but she's what? She's hot. Uh, yeah, pay that. Uh, she says that guys, she said haters won't say anything to her face. I'm like, that's because they're not looking at your face. Also, uh, that win is fighting Johnny Bedford. Uh, Johnny Bedford is another badass. Uh, he's a guy, he's from Indiana, I think, Bedford, right? Sean? I haven't heard of him. All right, cool. I know um, Dylan Kleckler's <laughs> friend of mine is fighting. <laughs> Dylan Kleckler's my buddy. He's fighting on there. Uh, he's a knockout guy. Uh, I think 10 and 1 in MMA. So his fight would be a good one, too. Sean, has anybody ever. You're a knockout you? guy. Is that me? Right. Good looking or what? Sorry, anybody, anybody approach you to do bare-knuckle boxing? Ironically, he is. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I suspected that about you. <laughs> yeah. well, listen, Jake Boswick, thank you very much. Where can, thank you so much for having me on the show, man. Uh, no problem. Where can people follow you? Um, follow me uh, on my Instagram, Brutal Boswick. Um, Facebook, Jake Brutal Boswick. Um, I haven't actually got my Twitter and up and running, but yeah, just my IG is really my main uh, form of uh, platform. No, I'm there you go. Well, nice meeting no you, partner. Time. I hope next time you come with subtitles. All right, bro. Listen, I look forward to hopefully meeting you one day, son. Right, we can have you, a, you know, a, a drunk punch picture together. That'd be awesome. Right, thank you, guys. Appreciate <laughs> it. Love it. Much love, people. Take it easy. Peace. Take care, brother. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks, man. All right. So that was Jake Boswick. Uh, what an, I, you would never know the guy's a fucking straight killer. He's such a nice guy. Dude, I don't know. You look at him all. He looks like a straight killer. You don't look at that guy and think <laughs> nice guy. For those of you who are listening, I was, to wondering, audio, I was wondering how long it's going to take us to talk bad about him now that he's off the fucking phone. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, people? The wait is finally over. Football is back. Look, you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today. I start off by wagering on win, division, and championship futures today. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I uh, I, this the to whole his time face. I Are you kidding like me? Three, 
Well, three that quarters guy? of the interview, I couldn't see him. I could only hear him. And uh, I thought he was black. Legitimately, I thought he was a black guy. And yeah. then I heard him call the woman the bitch. And I was like, well, no black guy does that. So he can't be black. He must be white. So. All right, all right. That's, that's, that's the McCorkle. Uh, thank you, Sean. Appreciate it. Uh, so, <laughs> and, that, and that's the McCorkle McCorner. Uh, that's. I feel like there's a theme to your comments tonight. Uh, now, um, so this is all right. So let's talk about some of the fights this week. Okay, uh, great card this week. Fucking great card. Uh, what was that, Greg? You want to say something? I was gonna say. I mean, uh, what's the name? Uh, Chris Lieben, is that right? Chris Lieben is going to be fighting in this bare knuckle thing. It's good to see him back. Is he is he on the card? Uh, who's on yeah, the card? Yeah, uh, it, it looks like he's number three on the card. And you know, I mean, listen, good for him, man. That's a that's a tough guy that I think is going to do great in bare knuckle. Yeah, well, he I mean he he uh, beat up Baroni pretty quick. Baroni kept going for takedowns though. Um, <laughs> and then also Mark Coleman kept getting Mark Coleman got him drunk for the fight, according to him. Or, oh. So um, I like Chris Lieben. He's one of those guys that, you know, was always right there in the UFC. And it's nice to see him have somewhere to go. I mean, he's a tough guy. He's, a, he's one of those guys, natural born fighter. Oh, it's man. good to see him doing some stuff. I remember when Rogan saying Chris Lieben's a zombie. I mean, there were fights where he you just like, I think it was that Aaron Simpson fight. He took so many punches to the face. I just kept coming. I mean, you, yeah. you, you couldn't put away Chris Lieben. Yeah, no, he. I, I love the guy. I think he's a great fighter. It's good to see him have a. I, I actually, I'm probably going to order these fights now, just because I want to see the Chris Lieben fight. Well, he lost his last fight to Dakota. So Rogan said that guy's a zombie, and then Brendan Schaub said some people say the zombiest. <laughs> uh, he lost his last fight to Dakota Cochran, who's undefeated in bare knuckle boxing. Dakota Ooh. Cochran is a guy. Uh, who was on the Ultimate Fighter, and he didn't make the house, and he kind of, I wouldn't say he's a journeyman, but he had some up and downs, and in bare-knuckle boxing, he's beaten yeah. Chris that's what That's what he's famous for. Well, I, I, I'm going I'm to ignore, ignore the other part, okay? But in bare-knuckle boxing, he beat Johnny <laughs> Hendricks and Chris Lieben, this guy. Wait, whoa, whoa, time out, time out. Now we got to know what this other thing is. I, Because I don't know, and now we're dancing around it, and other people are going to wonder, what, what right, is this so other when he thing? Was just, when he was on The Ultimate just, Fighter, it came just out. Just Google the, Dakota Cochran video. Okay, he, he did a couple of pornos that were just, gay. Just Google it. Gay porn. But, oh. that was, but that was when he was in college. And I guess he needed some money, and now he's happily married with a wife and kids. And uh, you know, uh, you know, I needed money in college, and I never went that way. <laughs> I found other ways. <laughs> I found other ways to make money. <laughs> well, I guess they didn't have an axe throwing contest in his college. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, they had an axe swallowing contest. <laughs> oh! oh! Bing, bing! He's the counterpuncher! I think Dakota would laugh at these jokes because I, I made 10,000 jokes about him. But when he came, he came on the podcast. He listens to the show and, he, and he's like, can you please not mention... I was like, no You problem. make jokes? Yeah, I, once in a while. <laughs> once, in a, once in a while. So, Godfrey's on fire today. He uh, is on fire. Did you drink a Red Bull before this, Don? This, we're, getting a lot of, <laughs> we're, we're getting some hot Don today. <laughs> Now you know why he gave me a fake phone number. Huh? <laughs> All right, Queen Dog, did I give him a fake phone number? Don no. probably rode a Red Bull before he got on here. <laughs> <laughs> then he killed it, sliced it, made his own jerky, and is chewing it right now. 
I went to college. I never did gay porn. <laughs> I never went yeah. to <laughs> I don't even believe he went to college. By the way, but, uh, I was God. just thinking, I was like, what college was this year? By the way, as, they long had as, a, that's a, as long as that's the part you believe, you know. By the way, they, they had a, they had a, a, a <laughs> on the underground, they had a poll. What college had the best wrestlers in MMA? And it was between OSU and ASU. Because uh, you got to go. OSU has has Cormier, Hendricks, Fry, Randy Couture. I mean, those four all went to OSU. Uh, and then this Kyle Crushmeyer, who's uh, coming out. ASU had Cain Velasquez, Ryan Bader, CB Dalloway, uh, a couple other guys. But it, it was it was uh, pretty close actually. I think Townsend Saunders went to ASU. But uh, yeah. But yeah. Then- yeah. But- you know, I, I'd say Ryan Bader is the best one out of the out of the bunch after me. Uh, <laughs> better than Randy Couture? <laughs> yes. What? Yes. Come on. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. R- Randy Ryan like a- fights. Ryan Bader fights. Randy just out-conditioned, out-wrestled anybody. He, he only had two fucking fights, and that was against Chuck Liddell. Randy Couture beat Vitor Belfort, uh, Tim Sylvia. He out wrestled and out conditioned everybody. Same thing he did, you know, in wrestling. He didn't but, fight, he, he, you know. But you don't think, mm. like, but you wouldn't put like GSP or Khabib in that category of guys who out wrestled guys who, to win fights? Oh, yeah, but they throw punches and kicks too, though, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Randy threw punches. Uh, all right, fine. No, I, I will go on record thinking that I had Randy Couture had the better MMA career than Ryan Bader, but I understand. I mean, he was a two time UFC champion or three time, right? Uh, where Bader never what won. What about Kane Velasquez? He beat fucking Tim Sylvia. Come on, <laughs> you could beat Tim Sylvia. <laughs> in, maybe in, in, in like a race. Uh, but, but, <laughs> come on, Tim Sylvia fucking was pretty good. I mean, no, oh my was, God. You're, you're out of your fucking mind. He was a UFC champion. <laughs> yeah, when it was the lowest it's ever been. It was lower than it is now. Well, still uh, UFC, but still a UFC champion. I mean, how low could it be if you're fucking if you're the if you're the UFC, you're the best guy in Ultimate Fighting? Well, if nobody shows up, <laughs> you know, <laughs> nobody showed up. Nobody. Come on. Uh, a little, little dry spell. You take advantage of a little dry spell. Oh, there, come really on. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, uh, McCorkle, how come you're so yes. opinionated on, on Facebook, but then here you just laugh the whole time? All right. Okay. Who who had the better, uh, M- who had the better MMA career? Fucking Randy Couture or Ryan Bader? Um, Kane Velasquez. Um, <laughs> come no, on. But, uh, yeah, Bader's probably... Uh, God, I don't know. I mean, Couture, eh, you're talking about who would win or who had the better career, I guess. Who would win in a fight? Who's the better fighter? I think Bader would beat him in a fight at their both in their prime. But uh, I think Bader would beat him in a fight both in their prime. I do have a question uh, for Don Fry that I've always been curious about. By the way, I got like a five-second delay, so if things are weird, that's why. Oh, we uh, know. Um, I wonder who Don Fry always weird would win. Who's the, best, uh, who's the best fighter? All righty. Who, in Don Fry's opinion, who is the best fighter he's ever seen, ever, like, if, and not like, per, like pound for pound, but regardless of weight class, if you put two guys in a room, who do you think who would win of all the greats? Like, uh, 
you know, like Fedor, Tim Sylvia, um, Cain Velasquez, uh, like that. Who does he think the best fighter ever is, not for their size, but in general? Oh, fuck. That's hard. To, that's hard because, you know, like you said, you threw Fedor's name in there, and then you have John Jones, and then you have Khabib, you know, but you, you, you're looking at a 50-pound weight difference, you know? Um, but talent-wise, those guys are equal. Hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. um, you, you had Fedor. Fedor fought all the fucking monsters, you know, that, that were out there. You know, yeah. he didn't duck anybody. They threw him the best, you know. And um, and they just wore him out. They wore they wore that guy out. That's what happened to everybody yeah. over there in Japan. And that's why they came back from Japan. They already had a stellar career. I mean, a, a career that most people were not it wouldn't have been able to to survive half of. You know, and these guys had a, a, a career against monsters. And then when they came to the UFC, they were worn out. Man, they were done. And um, you're talking a different style by the ropes and the and the cage, you know, and and the fans, you know, and um, and then obviously by the the testing, you know. <laughs> but, but that's a, right. But Don, that's, yeah, a big, that's think, important to mention. Good one. That's Don. what I think people forget about Fedor. That I feel like the time is not on his side as far as like I feel like his name is is getting left off list now more and more. But that he beat yeah. Mark Coleman twice. I, I mean, Mark oh. Coleman was like the perfect fighter, uh, and he beat him twice. Uh, you know. Well, you know, Coleman was a monster, and you know he was he was about the same same category as um, Couture in that he just out wrestled people. He didn't out condition anybody, but he out wrestled people because he was a fantastic wrestler um but uh, where the hell was i going with this uh about fedor beating him twice fedor yeah, him twice. yeah, yeah, yeah. uh yeah yeah. Well, so, you know, you were saying that some guys get a lot of uh, listen with all due respect. I think Don Fry is in that category. I feel like people don't remember the greatness of Don Fry the way they should. They oh, that's where I was going. That's where I was going. Who's the guy you had on a couple, couple uh, shows ago? He said he never saw me fucking fight before, and he saw my fight at UFC 9. And he said, geez, you're a fucking monster, you know? Criminy. So, I mean, there's people who, they don't even go beyond, you know, UFC 100, you know, and look yeah. at the fighters. So, they sure the hell don't go beyond UFC 50 or 20 or 10. Dude, first of all, fans are great. Yeah, a hundred percent. I actually wrote a joke last week. For, I go. For me I go, personally, I think uh, I think Fedor and Cain Velasquez, both in their prime, are one and two. Like I think I think a prime Cain Velasquez or prime Fedor beats John Jones. I know they beat Khabib because they're just so much bigger. But um, I think those two, to me, uh, I think Cain and Fedor at, in their prime uh, are the two best ever. One and two, whichever I one mean, you want to put I, it first. I, I, I think Kane's overrated. Thank you, Don. I'm with you on that one. Wow. I think I think the reason they pushed Kane so hard was because of his Mexican heritage, and they wanted the money from Mexico. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. They had to pay for that call, remember? <laughs> 
Hold on, Sin, you're done. You cannot talk this way about mi gente. Hey, McCorkle, man, if you would have started earlier, I would have put you in a fucking one of the top 10 guys, for real. For a guy that started when he was 27 to make it to the UFC, forget about it. 29, uh, yeah, 29, actually. But, um, yeah, and took three years off after surgery in the middle. So I really started at 34, but or 33, because um, I had back surgery about six months after I started training jiu-jitsu and was out for two and a half years, so. Fuck, it's crazy. So this week we got all we got All Star Overeem taking on Volkov. Um, you guys better watch this. You got, bro, you got Bro Overeem. You got Bro Overeem in that batch too, man. We got guy. That guy. He's been fighting for twenty fucking years now. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So when he was roided up. He was scary, man. When he fought uh, when he fought Todd Duffy, that version of Overeem was scary. Yeah, well, Duffy came yeah. to that fight on like three days' notice wearing wrestling shoes. I was like, dude, why are you wearing wrestling shoes in the? Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, is one of those guys that that I uh, he loses a fight, you think he's done forever. Then he comes back and beats somebody huge. Like he's he's one of those guys that I, I always think he's done and he's never done. Well, he was beating Rosenstreak until he got uppercut and his fucking head flew off. But he, was, <laughs> he was winning that fight. I mean, he was winning. He would have won that fight if that hype yeah. got caught. So, who do we win this But Overeem came from the um, kickboxing school or school of kickboxing to where you did lose and you came back and you lost. And came, you, you didn't lose and then you went into hiding and feeling sorry for yourself, you know, and have to go to recovery and all that shit. You know, I mean, that was, that was just part of that was part of life you know you get your ass kicked and then you come back yeah these kids have too easy john too easy they don't know how to come back they fucking they lose they leave town yeah yeah don fry used to walk seven miles to the cage uphill both ways (laughs) (laughs) no with a giant four on my back everything (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so who do we think wins this fight? Overeem or Volkov? I'm going Overeem in this, in this one. I am too. Overeem. John? Yeah, Overeem. Overeem. Uh, McCorkle? Overeem's going to take him down and beat him up. I don't think he'll stand with him. I think he'll take him down and uh, probably finish him. All right. Also on this card, Frankie Edgar taking on Corey Sanhagen. Uh, this is tough. tough. I, I want Frankie. Tough. I, I can never pick against Frankie. Frankie's I my know. guy. I, know. I, I love Frankie. This one's hard, though. Uh, I really want Frankie Edgar to win. I, I can't believe he's still fighting at this level right now. You look at the guy. I mean, he started a long time ago, but his last fight, he looked great. He looked great. I thought he, he did. I thought the Ortega fight and the Korean zombie fight were two fights were like, okay, maybe it's time. And then he just comes back. Uh, who do we like in this fight? Don Fry, Frankie Edgar, or Corey Sanhagen? Well, yeah, I'm with you. I'm going with Frankie. I don't know anything about the other guy, but you know, I'm a fan of Frankie's, and it it shocked the hell out of me when Ortega picked him up off his feet, you know, with that one hit, you know, and and I told Ortega that the next day. I was, you know, I I just I got to shake your hand. I've never seen, you know, never thought it would be you know, possible somebody would do that to Frankie Edgar, you know. Well, this he other guy's really good. The, the guy is fighting is thirteen and two. Uh, he he had a crazy spinning kick knockout his last fight. I think it was like a wheel kick. Uh, his only loss is to Aljamain Sterling, and then a, like a loss earlier. He's tough. The other guy's really really tough. Uh, he also has a podcast with Mitch Fatel. 
which I think is kind of interesting. Um, it's interesting. That's a uh, unique combination. Okay. So, uh, who do we like in this so fight? He's got to be tough for that, right? Uh, exactly. Well, Mitchell's hilarious. Uh, Greg, Greg Wilson, who wins this fight? I, I got to tell you, the one thing about it is that Corey Sanhagen's a longer fighter, which not by much, but by enough. And it might be enough. And, and, I, I got it. And listen, every time I, he's one of those fighters. Anytime I say I'm, uh, I uh, vote against them, they, they make me look stupid. But again, I, you know, make me look stupid. I think Sandhagen. Uh, Wean Dog? I think uh, Sandhagen is probably going to win, but I can 100% see Frankie Edgar pulling off the victory. I can see him, you know, having Sandhagen on his back against the cage for the entire three rounds. And Frankie being a plus 300 underdog is fairly surprising for this fight. That is very surprising. If you're a betting man, I mean, it might be wise to put a couple bucks down on Frankie. Sean? Uh, I'm going to go with Corey, man, primarily because the UFC matchmakers are – I mean, they could probably tell you 90% of the time who's going to win, and they like to build guys up using guys with a name like uh, Frankie Edgar. So if they're putting Sanhagen in with Edgar at this stage in his career, my guess is they want uh, Sanhagen to win, and they're going to try to use, um, you know, um, what's Frankie to build him up would be my guess. So I'd have to go with Corey on this one. Yeah, but every time they try to use Frankie like that – What's that? Is that the UFC match? Yeah. I don't throw is the opening. What? <laughs> <laughs> you got to yeah, Donald ride back in town to get a new server, Dom. Something about Donald Cerrone. Uh-huh. Donald, Donald Cerrone is like the guy that they do to build other guys up. Is that what you're saying? Well, they had him as the opening a couple years back yeah, yeah, they, well, they were trying to do that with Donald Cerrone, but then Cerrone kept beating those guys. And then Cerrone kept beating those guys and then getting, like, a title shot and then losing. Like, it was like he kept going from gatekeeper to, t- to contender. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, and also- Frankie's not the guy you want to throw at somebody to, to build them up, in my opinion. I think that's, that's no. a recipe for yeah. disaster because if Frankie feels that that's what you're doing, then he's not going to lose. Yeah, I totally agree. Also on this card, Macy uh, Chasen. She's the one that won the Ultimate Fighter, right? She's like super yeah. strong. She's fighting Marion Renault, uh, who's like this hot girl from, I think she's Venezuelan or she's Bolivian and she's a teacher. It's like a hot school teacher, but like sexy uh, Bolivian chick. Um, you say so. Belize, she's from Belize. Oh, Belize. She's Belizean. Yeah, she's Belizean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm telling dude, trust me. Uh, can you, uh, uh, Wean Dog, can you put up hot um, Mario No pictures, please? Uh, I'm, I'm not fucking saying this just to, uh, I'm telling you. I mean, I, and we told her this before on the show. This is not me just like, uh, I know recently someone got in trouble for saying something about Megan Anderson. Uh, I think it was some fighter said that. It was he, uh, Casey Kenny. Yeah, he said that she was a six and he wouldn't throw her out of bed or something, but he would tell her to go. And then she found out about it and got mad. And it was just like, a, it was just a thing. And I was like, Ugh. wait a minute. Was she mad because he said she was a six or <laughs> she's like, I'm a, I'm a 7.5. I think she was mad because they're like, they work together. And it was one of those things where she was like, so she just thought it was disrespectful for him to be saying those things because they yeah. know each other. Yeah. Okay. But the guy that, that asked, makes more sense. Well, the guy that asked the question was, was the guy is O'Malley's friend, Tim Welch. He's like his trainer. He said, oh, I didn't mean to disrespect you. I, I think you're hot as fuck. Uh, like, like, it really wasn't much of an apology. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, eh, 
don't know how much that saves it, but okay. <laughs> Hey, uh, oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, okay. Uh, sorry, we can't talk the same I, I love it how women won't be treated as equals until you know it hurts their feelings, and then they want to be treated, you know, like ladies. But you're a fucking fighter, you're not a lady. Okay. <laughs> I think it was the ranking she had a problem with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Like, well, like, I mean, Angela Hill says she's not going to comment because she made like a, a, a list of most fuckable guys in the UFC or something, uh, which she's married. I, I wouldn't want my wife making most fuckable lists of guys. Um, in the, but so. Well, you know, I looked on her website. <laughs> I was about to say that you're not following me on social media because I hate to tell you. At the same time, I, understand. <laughs> I, I get it. I mean, but don't make a comment sometimes. Like, that uh, would be a funny way for your wife to actually get your attention is to release her own list of most fuckable fighters. <laughs> that would be the first thing that you would of hers that you would notice. Well, <laughs> I'd be more mad at the fighter on the list that would come back and be like, by the way, and then want her number, like. But, but by the way, so like they dig. It used to be that people were off limits, like wives and kids. That was the thing. But Jake Paul has been DMing Ben Askren's wife, like all day long, like writing messages. He even admits it. Uh, what would you do, Sean? You know, it's weird. I heard the uh, I heard the UFC has a list of most fuckable fighters too that they use during the uh, contract negotiations. <laughs> Oh, oh, but so what would you do if somebody was DMing your wife, a fighter was? Uh, that you're going to fight. Uh, yeah. Um, I guess it would depend on if uh, she was DMing them back or not, I guess would be the first question I had. Right. And then uh, I would probably uh, I'd probably pay her back by DMing Dakota Cochran and trying to bang him. <laughs> I mean, but would you get mad at the fighter, though? Would you, The guy you're going to fight? Would you tell him, hey, man, knock it off? No, man, like, if you have a girlfriend or wife that's good looking, you can't be mad at guys for trying to hit them up uh, because, I mean, a straight man should be doing that. Probably not someone's wife, but their girlfriend. But uh, no, only if they get disrespectful. And I like me and my girlfriend, uh, like and any girl I've ever dated, had an agreement that uh, we don't talk to members of the opposite sex we're not related to. Uh, you know, like for any reason. I, yeah, friends or not friends. Any guy who says he's pursuing a. I any not, man who I says he's pursuing a friendship with a woman is either. I will not talk to a married woman on the telephone. That's all there is to it, you know? That's right. He sends a message by carrier pigeon. Wait, Don, yeah. what if it's somebody like calling you from like the bank or something? I mean, and she has a, you owe like a bill. He says, are you married? <laughs> you won't no, talk to no, not only is it such a disrespectful format, it's that, that I have some integrity, my own integrity, that I won't do that. So, Don, what would you do if, like, let's say you're fighting, like, back when you were fighting Ken Shamrock, and Shamrock, like, emailed your wife at the time to, to get on, under your skin, would you tell him to knock it off or what? You know, I, I found an uh, email of a guy who was emailing my wife, and it was, yeah, uh, kind of explicit. And I got on there as she did, as I was her. And I said, "You got a little dick," you know. And it must have been true because this guy lost his fucking mind, you know. 
he and lost his side body. note the police are still trying to find his body <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh don fry real- jr if somebody was emailing your wife what would you do don fry jr Personally, I do is I go right over to his house and I would have a hot dog sandwich. I'd rip his dick off and then I'd squeeze his nuts for the mayo and then I'd serve it to his face. Wow. Wow. That's that's crazy. Now, would you it'd ever be his, it'd be his first and last weenie roast? Now, now, now would you ever uh, DM? <laughs> this guy had to be on the coffee. <laughs> now, would you ever DM someone's wife you were fighting? Don Fry Jr.? Of course I would, but that's just to respond to her because they all try to get a piece of the fry. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. That's from God himself. Yeah. <laughs> Love Don Fry. God bless Don Fry. All right, so also on this card, this guy, Michael Cape, who's a amazing uh, ki- kickboxer. He's got some crazy knockouts. Uh, he's fighting uh, Alexander Pandoja. But Neil Darius, who we've had on the show before, may be the nicest human being ever. During his off time, he was only saying this, but he goes to and builds churches uh, in like third world countries. The guy is, could not have been nicer. He's fighting Diego Ferreira, who's 17 and two, who says wins over Anthony Pettis. This guy's got some major wins, but never fights for some reason. Uh, this should be a good fight. Who do we like in this fight? Sean McCorkle. Uh, I'm going to root for the uh, missionary house builder, even though I've never seen either of them fight, uh, because that <laughs> sounds like a great guy. So uh, either way, my money's on him. And can I tell you, my money's on the other guy for the same reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, the guy goes down there to ask for stuff to beat. To beat on people, you know, because he can't get, uh, he's too cheap to hire um, sparring partners. So he goes down there and beats on third world people. Third world people? <laughs> I don't know if they want to be called third world people, Don, uh, but I. Uh, oh, is that, is that not politically correct? Oh, my God. <laughs> I think it's fine. I think it's all right. It's all right. Uh, all right, I'll, on the undercard, Michael Johnson is <laughs> fighting Clay. On third world people. Michael Johnson is fighting Clay Guida on the undercard. Uh, this should Interesting. be... Interesting. Oh, my God. Uh, they're going to be fighting next year in bare knuckle boxing, uh, followed by... <laughs> uh, I don't know if that was a laugh or Don had a heart attack. Um, now, so uh, it be a good fight. Michael Johnson has to not find a way to lose this fight. Every fight he wins like three quarters of the fight and then gets caught in a heel hook or a guillotine or he hops out of the cage or he fucking slips on a banana peel. He somehow finds ways to lose fights. He's always winning. And Clay Guida just shows up to every fight. I mean, that dude, you know, but I think that his brother punching him in the face for the fight is taking a toll on him. Because he seems like he's rocked for the fight even starts. Uh, <laughs> Jason Guida. Because Jason Guida is getting bigger and bigger. Now he must be like 300 pounds. Have you ever met Jason Guida, uh, Sean? Oh, yeah. We had a big rivalry back then. I almost He was going to stab me at some show I was fighting at in Illinois because uh, um, me and him got into it. It's a long story. There's actually some of it uh, on YouTube. But, uh, no, Jason Guida sucks, and so does Clay. And Clay needs not worry just so much about losing a fight. He better worry about losing some more of his hair because that fucker's got, like, nothing on top, and he keeps wrapping around that uh, 
mullet he's got going trying to cover it up. They both all suck. Right. I can't stand either of them. All right. So, well, all right. <laughs> that's that's, that's fine. Right. Wait, wait, can you tell, what, what happened with Jason Guida? Tell, tell us what happened. Oh, God, dude. It's a, it's a really long story, but it started off. He tried, to, he tried to attack a ref that was a friend of mine and start talking shit to him mid-fight. This is in the unregulated days. And then I was cornering a fighter, and he said, told me to shut the fuck up. And I was like, bitch, you just got kicked off the ultimate fighter for being a half pound over 206, and you're like fucking 5'4". You know what I mean? Like there's no explanation or no excuse for it. And uh, he started running his mouth. And so then he became my Jesse Parsley. Like I just kept going on and on for months. And then Monty Cox told me when he set up a fight for me to watch out because word on the street was that Jason Guida was going to try to stab me um, at the fight from the crowd because he certainly wouldn't fight me in the cage. So, Wow. 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 Uh, Don Fry, thoughts? Don? Yeah. Any, yeah, any, any, any thoughts on Sean's story? Yeah, I mean, hell. Uh, I want voice too, so shit. I gotta understand that. <laughs> I think I think he said he wants to stand you too, Sean. Uh, I think that was- <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently, Don's going through a tunnel. All right, that's uh, that's it, man. Well, you know what? I'm on, I don't want to on- use the knife. I don't do. I don't want to use the knife to stab him with. He's so good looking. <laughs> oh, I thought you oh, said God. you didn't need. I thought you wouldn't do that even in college. <laughs> I'm out of college, baby. Well, the real question is, the question I have for Don is, if he were in a gay marriage and Dakota Cochran emailed his husband, what would he do? Not again. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Also, on this card, a couple other really good fights on this card. Uh, uh, Tamir Valiev is fighting uh, on this card. Um, Molly, Meatball Molly McCann from Scotland. Uh, her name is Meatball Molly, fighting Larry, Lara Propocio. Should be a good fight. Uh, but those are the, the big ones that we uh, we uh, covered already, as well as the uh, the bare knuckle boxing card this week. Um, I gotta tell you, Lara looks a little more like the meatball than Molly does. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, it's it's it's, it's if you're looking at them. So uh, so how's your podcast going so far, Sean? With you and uh, Severn. Uh, you know, it's kind of hitting some uh, walls that we have not foreseen. So it, it, uh, it takes some bad turns here and there. But um, we better get our shit together because we're, we've got a former Navy SEAL by the name of Ray Cash coming in um, on the February 6th. So if we don't have our shit together by then, you you won't be hearing so much that old thing. All right, you got to get a young. You got to get somebody young. Who wants yes. To get technology. I, I that's like, what it sounds like. It sounds like the the walls you're running into are. You know, I wouldn't see either of you guys as being big tech nerds. So <laughs> I, I feel like you, you got to find yourself a wing dog, man. You got to get yeah. yourself someone who knows what the fuck is going. Because I don't know it either. I, I I don't. You know, I'm no better than you probably. So, but uh, I would imagine that's probably ninety percent. I mean, it really. Problem. It isn't that hard to get like a, a Zoom mic and like two or three microphones that just record, I mean, ha- meet somewhere and like record something, no? Um, that's a lot of trips into town. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to hitch his horse to the best buy. Very good. 
<laughs> now, what are these? What are these walls you're running into? Oh, we we just having some artistic um, differences, I believe. Oh. 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 Like, well, there you go. But one of you could have the mustache. Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> There's only room for one mustache on this podcast. Stash to stash. What do you mean artistic? That you guys are both. That's what the, the I did. Uh, I did watch a. I watched a podcast with Vlad or an interview with Vlad and Don Severin and Don Fry or Dan Severin and Don Fry and uh, Don couldn't get a word in, man. Oh really? And I was like, I like Dan Severin, but man, he wouldn't let Don say two words. Oh, is that the problem, Don? Oh no, I hey, I'm I'm more than willing to let. Uh, Dan lead on the dance, you know, I don't care. I mean, you know, Dan got me involved in this uh, race and um, he's the man in my book. Um, but, you know, a lot of people busted on Dan's ass about that and I feel bad for him. <laughs> <laughs> so well, he doesn't he doesn't realize that he's the stake, but you're the sizzle. Is that that you're too real and Dan's more PC? Is that the problem? You know, there, that, that could be a possibility. I mean, um, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of the PC culture that's not real enthused about uh, me having a podcast and speaking the truth. So, you know, there's, there's problems in that. Area. Well, man, you just keep being you. We love it over here. That's for sure. Give <laughs> <laughs> me the wrong number. Yeah. <laughs> I, I swear on my life, I gave everyone the same link. I, I swear to God, everyone got the same link. Uh, I mean, you're the missing link, uh, uh, but everyone got the same link for the podcast, right? So, uh, so Wayne Dog, what's going on with you? Not much, dude. I'm enjoying watching all the uh, UFCs. Of the like, I'm on like UFC 58 or something. Just before you end the podcast, I thought it was so goddamn funny. Uh, Jason Mayhem Miller, his first fight against GSP, <laughs> Mayhem's corner was saying, "Use your retard strength." <laughs> and Joe Rogan, <laughs> Joe Rogan on the commentary was saying his corner is saying that he has retard strength on the live broadcast. And I'm like, wow, it doesn't get much better than this, dude. I, I mean, it's crazy watching these old ufcs but go follow me on instagram twitter tiktok at the ween dog they were saying use your retard strength yeah that was mayhem's corner <laughs> i was like you, you know what though real. you re when you think about it that really kind of lines up <laughs> mayhem. well with you, mayhem like what's he gonna culture, respond to the culture wasn't that sensitive back then okay yeah yeah, yeah it's true well, one time he had a fight when he went to Italy and he missed weight by 27 pounds. Matt Horwitz, was, Matt Horwitz was in his corner reading the Bible the whole time. Uh, <laughs> like he brought the book and just started reading the Bible while the well, guy Well, because when you're 27 pounds over, you're going to need a miracle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it kind of lines up. Again, it kind of lines up. He, he said, Mayhem said he looked at the corner and goes, how much time is left around? He goes, what? <laughs> he goes John 316 <laughs> like, 27 minutes 27 minutes 27 pounds 
Oh, dude, one of, one of the funniest. Uh, dude, there, there was some, there was some funny. Like sometimes, sometimes the corner man is hilarious, or the interpreter. Like there was a, there was a boxing match uh, uh, where like Ricardo Mayorga, who was like the most. Ricardo Mayorga was like the worst. Uh, he was he would come into the boxing ring drinking beers and partying, like walking into the the ring smoking cigarettes, and, and he that's would awesome. Punches. He would throw gang punches, like winging it, and he knocked out. Uh, like the champ, he knocked out the Vernon Forrest who beat Mosley and, and then smoked a cigarette afterwards. But the first time he fought, he fought Forrest, he was, he was to say the most outlandish things he would say about people. I want to fuck your mom and your wife and you're this, and I'm going to do this and that. So first time he's fighting Forrest, first time he's, fight, he's fighting Forrest, he gets hit, he goes to the corner and he goes, he goes, uh, blah, 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 blah. And the, tra- the translator goes, he said, that black gentleman hits hard. I'm like, that's, <laughs> I'm like, that's I, I'm not really sure that's what he's saying. Pretty sure, gentleman wasn't part of that. <laughs> like what? Like the interpreters are always the funniest. Uh, so, well, so what did your corner tell you during your fights? Uh, I always like. Um, I just really want to know the time. Don't let that black hit you. Not one time in 27 fights. <laughs> not, not one. They were like Don Fry's talking shit about you doing commentating. No, um, they, uh, not one time did I ever get the time during a fight. I, I would always ask, please just let me know how much time's left because I'm going to be tired 30 seconds in. But I, uh, midway through my career, I, um, I changed. You know, I want to be more politically correct with people. So I insist that they just yell at me, use your Down syndrome strength. <laughs> Did you ever see what like Norm McDonald? Did you ever see what like Norm? What's that? Remember what like Norm McDonald? He's my favorite like, comedian. Yeah, Norm like pissed everybody off, and then and then his apology was like, "You'd have to have Down syndrome to think that like that I was, I was being serious." Oh, that's right. And, and then he had to apologize to that. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. That was really, and that was really at the forefront also, of the PC uh, movement. You know, that's because that's because Norm also said uh, people are going to get comedy clubs. Yeah, what was that, Sean? <laughs> all right, is there any way? Is he talking about Brendan Schaub again? All right, all right. Um, no, guys, I was. Uh, listen, I love this podcast. I, I love it. I just see it could be so much better if we had people talking in real time. Is there any way we could see Don Fry next week and McCorkle? Is there any way uh, that we could get you guys to actually like? I will go. I'll go. Uh, I'll go to my parents' house and use their cable modem. So yes. All right, Don. You just got to remind me to um, call and get a better uh, phone system. I mean, that's that's the problem. I forget <laughs> five five seconds after. Uh, we hang up. I'm I'm watching butterflies. But so how let's do you just, think- wait a minute. Let's just make a list of things we need to get Don Fry: a server, <laughs> a, a phone system, okay, and and I think uh, probably a fax machine. But Don, how do you make real phone calls? Like, are all your calls like this? Yeah, it, 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 I don't call anybody. You know, I I, I don't like. I don't like people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you, Don. I'm the same oh, way. That phone rings. I'm like, who's calling me? Fuck that. I'm not answering. Yeah. I... <laughs> and and Sean, Sean, how's your pit bull farm? Uh, doing good. I actually, you guys ruined my joke earlier. Uh, my dog comes in two weeks, and uh, 
I was going to steal a Norm McDonald joke and say that I was going to name it Syndrome, so when it jumps up on me, I can tell it to get down Syndrome. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Dad, Dad loves it. Dad loves it. Oh, now, 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 by the way, after last week's podcast, Shaw McCorkle, who never usually texts me back, sends me like 19 photos of dogs that are expensive. Uh, like, and I'm like, all right, I, I get it. I get it. I, like, I don't even know what I'm looking at. I'm looking at, you know, this is the pit, this is worth $12,783. This one's worth like, so you really are breeding pit bulls in your house? Not yeah, in my house. Tired. And I'm not breeding That's, why he's, that's but, why he's tired all the time. <laughs> I, knew, <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. Personally breeding those. No, dogs. I uh, yeah, I have two. <laughs> I have two very expensive pit bulls now, and uh, when they have puppies one day, I should be able to turn about a hundred grand on it. That's my plan, anyway. Now, now, how old are these pit bulls? Um, my one is five months old, and the other one is just seven weeks. So I have to wait a year to breed the female at least. But because uh, I'm not that kind of a dog breeder, no. um, but I. Um, <laughs> No, these two dogs, they're puppies from these, uh, from these two lines of uh, pit bulls. Their puppies sell easily five to 10,000 a piece. So, and there's people waiting in line for them. So it shouldn't be an and issue. And you're so generous, to you're going to get us all one. Wow. Out of your generosity, you're going to get me <laughs> one out of the first litter. Now, are you- Yeah, Don Fry's got dibs. Dog and I mean it with all my heart, Don Fry. That's how awesome you are. I'll give you your choice, <laughs> first choice of the dogs. Boom. Now, now Sean, right. are you worried about people online? Might be able to trade it at the trading post for a server. Sean, are you worried about people online? Pelt and that dog will get you a good server. Sean, are you worried about people online getting mad at you? Be like uh, the anti-dog breeder people? I don't worry about anybody ever getting mad at me. I don't really care what anybody thinks about anything. It's uh, yeah, they can eat one. I, I'm not going to be politically correct. I still don't wear a mask. And anytime they ask me to at a place, I just tell them I'm protesting for Black Lives Matter. And if they ask me to put on a mask, they're a racist and they back right off. You know, I gotta say, I'm with you. I'm kind of with you on this one, Sean. Is it, no matter what you do, there's going to be someone against it somewhere. It really, it seems Always. like it doesn't even, it doesn't matter. So all you can do is what, you know, what you really like to do or what you believe in and fuck all the haters. Yeah. And look, man, if, if people, uh... I mean, it isn't like, um, it isn't like I'm doing gay porn to pay for college. Like I'm just breeding really purebred, uh, <laughs> dogs. So. All right. Well, with that, that's yeah. our podcast today. Uh, we, uh, what do you, we dog, what do you have coming up? Just follow me on social media at the wing dog. Uh, Sean, what do you have? What do you have? If somebody wants to buy one of your dogs. How do they get in contact with you? Uh, they should probably send me a message on Facebook before I finally get rid of it for their freedom of speech violations. But uh, hey, I do want to say real quick before I get off here. Um, I apologize about what I was saying about the Guida brothers sucking really bad. Uh, they don't suck. They suck really, really, really bad. So I just <laughs> want to clear that up. Very important. That's an important distinction. Uh, and then Don Fry, right. what do you have coming up? Well, I will be selling um, Sean McCorkle and Brendan Shaw's game porn. Um, uh, night, night of the Masters, one, two, and three. And, uh, so I, I plan on retiring from, from the money I will receive from that. Oh, my God. All right, now, who's on top? Who's on top of that game porn? Uh, you got to ask uh, Sean that. Sean? 
No, I was going to say you got to ask Brendan Schaub that, but I actually just got to ask Rogan because it'll be whoever he says as far as Schaub's concerned. <laughs> Ooh, shots fired. All right, uh, Greg, what do you have coming up? Uh, you know, coming up on the 20th, we'll be having the showcase. This five-week workshop I've been doing has been churning out incredible material. It's it's so much fun. I'm love, loving teaching this workshop. And so if you want to see the student sh- showcase on Zoom on the tw- February 20th, be sure and uh, go to the comedyinstitute.com and just sign up for the newsletter. And the link will go out in that the week of. And then we'll be starting another workshop the following week on the 23rd. So if you want to study the craft, go to thecomedyinstitute.com. Yes, February 18th to the 21st, I'm headlining at the uh, Laugh Factory in Las Vegas at the Tropicana. So uh, hopefully I'll see you guys there. Uh, Thank you. And also you could uh, stream my special Adam Hunter throwing punches on Fight Pass right now. And I got a show on Fight Pass with Forrest Griffin, uh, UFC watch party uh, coming out. We and him watch fights together. Uh, Thank you guys so much. You guys are the best. I will see you next week. Uh, Better service. Uh, but <laughs> even if we, even if you don't, I'll still see you next week. I, I love you guys. Take care. All right, bye. Talk <laughs> soon.